Today's episode of Grad School Confessional is brought to you by Work-Life Balance. Work-Life Balance. It's like the Force from Star Wars. Both sides must be in balance to achieve harmony. And also, it doesn't exist. You're listening to Grad School Confessional, a podcast that explores the good, bad, and ugly of graduate school, directly from graduate students themselves. I'm your host, Dr. Yoa Sway. From awkward supervisor interactions to reviewer two horror stories to convincing your parents why grad school was a good idea, we read out the confessions of graduate students from all over and chat about the realities of pursuing higher education. I'd like to welcome back my co-host and extracurricular activity partner, my wife Anna. Anna is a PhD candidate studying digital health, a field where researchers ask, does Jeff Bezos have the qualifications to read my personal medical data? The man went to space on a dick rocket. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like once you've gone to space, reading about someone's like weird rash on their butt is the least of your worries. Not saying you have a weird butt rash or a weird rash or anything on your butt. Anyway, speaking of things unrelated to grad school, today's confessions deal with life outside of grad school. Is there such a thing? Does anyone really have a life outside of grad school? Does anyone really have a life in grad school? I literally live in my desk chair. It's starting to give me a weird butt rash. Stop. I don't want butt rashes to be the theme of this episode. Hmm. I'll think about it. Uh, tell me, what is your life look like outside of grad school? Uh, pretty pathetic, actually. <laughs> really? How so? Do elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it together. <laughs> well, we have dogs, mm -hmm. and they tend to get more outdoor time than we do. Oh my god! I mean, the nice thing is that we're at least outdoors with them. But yeah, yeah they look they look so happy when they like run around and chase each other. I'm just like, I wonder if I'll ever be uh, that happy to be young and untethered, <laughs> <laughs> to have four legs and a tail. <laughs> uh, what else? We climb. We do climb. Yeah. We. You cook, I eat. Yeah. I also eat, actually. It's a shared activity. And you make this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, there's a fair mix of stuff. Like, I would say that we still predominantly spend most of our time doing work-related stuff. Like, whether we're thinking about it just on our walks or whether we're, like, reading papers or... Yeah. We basically do, like, two work days. Yeah. Our, like, morning work day is doing research Actually, three work days. Then our second work day is the, like, BC time zone. The first work day is oh the Ontario God. time too zone. Too many time zones. Too many work days. And then man. in the evening, you get to work on the podcast and write the scripts. Oh, and, and do social media, man. And social, so media. social media. And I get to do my own creative writing. Yeah, you do your creative writing. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Anna is currently writing a book. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. Anyway, anyway, speaking of stories, our first story comes from a grad student who, like many, was very academically oriented in their undergrad, but wanted to be more involved in their masters. They write, I did my undergrad in a very competitive, academic-oriented university, and I am personally a high-achieving, goal-oriented person. Because of this, I spent all the time during my undergrad studying and didn't join any clubs or extracurricular programs. However, in third year, I realized I can't live my whole life just studying. 
I have to learn how to create a balance between school and other aspects of life. I promised myself that for my masters, I will get involved and volunteer for different things on campus. The very first day of term at the orientation, I met with the VP student services of our student society and mentioned to her that I want to get involved. I found out that the orientation and social committee coincidentally had a meeting the very next day. I showed up for the meeting, which I actually had to skip class for, and have been part of that committee to this day. Since then, I have helped organize events for grad students and have made some amazing friends. It started with me asking very basic questions, not knowing what the minutes of a meeting were or what the word adjourn meant, but here I am starting a social committee for my department, writing up the policy and doing everything myself. Woo! Good for them. Yeah. And I think good for this person too for recognizing this need for a work-life balance and that there's more to not just grad school, but like life than just the schooling and the career aspect. Yeah. And super impressive that like it happened in their third year of undergrad. I feel like it takes a very high level of insight to realize that work-life balance is a necessary thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And very few people Mm -hmm. actually think about that that early on. So good for them. Yeah. I think too, it's easy to get caught up in a lot of the sort of like, I was an academically oriented person, right? And so, okay, wow, hold on. I didn't think I was going to get called out like that. (laughs) Look, just because I was academically oriented didn't mean I was academically successful, right? But the point is, you know, I I spent a lot of time studying and I spent a lot of time like thinking about how I can just do better in these courses. And while this thinking didn't always translate into academic (laughs) success, um, I did make me realize, I think, you know, kind of in my third year too, that I wanted to do more with my degree than just do the degree. And so I started the longboarding club at UW. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really fun. Like it was great to kind of build this community of people who just longboarded and we would like go out to different spots. And that was kind of like this fulfilling thing in and of itself, which I really liked. That's really cool. Yeah. Did you ever join any, like, committees or anything? Boy, did I ever. And I hated it. <laughs> what did you hate about it? Um, uh, meeting minutes. Yeah. And also, uh, I'm not sure how other people's student societies um, function, but at our university, you have to follow what is called, I can't remember call it. Yoa, help me out. Uh, the Roberts rules? The Dude, I would fall asleep in every committee meeting. I have no idea. Okay, but anyway, there's a specific point of... Point of clarification or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And so there was this really rigid way to even make a comment in these meetings or ask a question. And they would take three hours. And oh my God. they would provide snacks, but there was never any gluten-free options except for like baby carrots. So I just sat in the back just like munching on these like an anxious rabbit. And then <laughs> after that, I was like, I can't do this. People got like super up yeah. in arms about like the smallest. The bureaucracy of these things is just what gets me it's like it takes so long to get anything done because everyone has to follow this like rigid dance of communication and you know to its credit some people really like it i think some people like get off on i think okay but i think it's the people who are good at it yeah like you have to if you're good at it then it's this intricate dance for you if you're not good at it you're basically in the middle of a forest with no map (laughs) no that's fair That's fair. Okay, so then besides that, like, what are the benefits of being involved in things outside of 
grad school, like extracurriculars? Mm, I think, and this is the opportunist in me speaking, yeah. you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this person has already mentioned it before where they like had these amazing friends that they got to meet. Yeah, right? exactly. I, yeah, I think that's like outside of your lab, outside of your you know department. When else are you really going to like be able to talk to other grad students and share in this, you know, experience? Collect- collective trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely. It's, it's a great way to like get to meet other people, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. This next confession comes from a former master's student who recounts how they felt like the odd one out in their program, but found that their sport was able to help them keep going. They write, During my years as a master's student, I found many of my colleagues to strongly identify with their title of being a graduate student. Their proudest accomplishments all seemed to be academic-based, and they were consumed in an all-encompassing journey to become an esteemed researcher in their field. Regardless of the validity of this perception, it often led me to feel disconnected from my classmates in a fundamental sense. See, I never considered myself a graduate student first. In fact, I had very little interest in becoming a researcher in my field at any point. My initial intention for pursuing graduate studies stemmed from my involvement as a varsity cheerleader. I wanted to stay in school longer so I could be a varsity athlete for two more years, and so completing a master's degree seemed like a logical and productive way of accomplishing that. Perhaps because of this, I seldom felt like I fit in with my other, more research-oriented lab mates. I worry how I would have dealt with this lack of fitting in feeling had I not had my extracurricular involvements to help distract me from it. Cheerleading kept me deeply engaged throughout graduate school even when I felt like giving up, or when I felt like I wasn't as worthy as the other students in my faculty. Often, when I didn't feel like wearing my grad student hat, I could put on my cheerleader hat and escape from the stresses of my program. I highly recommend that all graduate students find involvement in extracurricular activities that they're passionate about during their studies. Graduate work can be fulfilling, but it can also bog you down if you let it become the center of your universe. It's okay not to be the most well-read student in your lab. Graduate students have all different types of career goals, so go at a pace that you feel will help you achieve yours. What's a cheerleader hat? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think it's a little funny that they did a master's to keep cheerleading. Like, neither of those options are lucrative careers. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't imagine making a ton of money through either. But to be honest, at least cheerleading doesn't give you carpal tunnel or, like, scoliosis. Yeah, exactly. And it's fun, I think. Yeah, exactly. You get all these, like, cool little cheers that you don't get in grad school. Yeah, like, actually, well, no. What? We can make one for grad school. Make a grad school cheer? What yeah. would it be like, two, four, six, eight. What career breeds self-hate? Academia! Woo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I Again, it's something that you're like passionate about. And like, as much as this person was saying, you know, I didn't necessarily do grad school to become a researcher. There is a good point that there's a lot of other aspects of graduate school that still help you build skills and help you, quote unquote, be productive. It's not like just wasting time to not do anything with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think there's this assumption in academia that, like, if you do research, this has to be, like, the one and only thing you're passionate about. Yeah. And it is the one and only thing that you will always do. But it's a job. How many people have jobs where they're, like, outside of this, 
I do and I crave absolutely nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's kind of a cliche to, you know, have the slog of like the nine to five, 40 hour work week and then go like golfing or fishing on the weekend, you know? Yeah. Versus for academics, there's like the slog of nine to five work and then the five to nine work. Be <laughs> like great student papers. And then, you know, in, in the time that you sleep, you get to dream and that's kind of like your hobby. You just dream. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true though. Like to an extent... Grad school and academia in general is so obsessed with these metrics and these outputs. Like Mm -hmm. you've got publications, you've got, you know, presentations, you've got your teaching dossier, you have the H index, you have the, I think there's like an I and a J index. Did you know though, I learned this yesterday, there's also a K index called the Kardashian. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I read about this. It was like, it's the appearance of your research productivity yeah, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like based on your social media following. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, interesting. It's basically like people overstating their productivity on social media to create like an online academic persona almost. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, also, I think it works the reverse too is, you know, people looking at your online social media following and, and you know, base of, of fans and equating that to the impact of your research. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, if this many people follow me and this many people think I'm this important, like, surely I must be. Yeah, for the yeah. record, um, there is a graduate school podcast or channel. Academic Chatter has how many? Oh, dude, like 178K followers? Like, Yeah, exactly. What is their research? I don't even know the person behind the account. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's Come true. forward. Come forward. Claim pretty, your fame. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have it in their description. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but yeah, this. yeah. But also, the, this is kind of a cool point of there's different reasons to go to grad school right yeah like some people do the master's because you know their job needs it right Mm -hmm. um or they want to get like a pay bump but then some people just do it because you know maybe they're unsure of what the next step is going to look like um and it is again kind of a productive thing to do like i remember when i was taing i'd have a lot of students come up to me and you know have conversations about like what do you want to do afterwards and stuff like that and people often say like i don't really know and it kind of sounds like this is a bit biased, but I would kind of tell them if you're considering research even at all, do a master's, right? Or see if you can get into a master's because it's two years. You get all of these skills. I mean, hopefully all of these skills with it, like, you know, academic reading and writing and arithmetic <laughs> stats, right? Recycling. <laughs> but yeah, and it can be very rewarding in its own right. Yeah. And during your master's, you might figure out either what you are really passionate about or maybe what you're not passionate about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, kind of feeding back into those two things we were talking about where there's this obsession with metrics. And then also a lot of people don't go into grad school for that same reason, right? Of getting those metrics. It's okay to not be the quote unquote best grad student in your lab or to, you know, be this really high achieving grad student in order to be happy or to actually succeed in grad school. Being happy in and of itself in grad school is just like such a huge accomplishment that finding the things that facilitate that is so key. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I completely agree. On that topic, though, what kept you going through your master's? Alcohol. <laughs> Hopi- I thought you were going to say something sweet, like you, baby. Copious <laughs> amounts of alcohol. Is your name Captain Morgan? No. <laughs> my, my master's thesis was written drunk it was edited sober but it was written drunk at a standing desk 
Yeah. It I was feel, hard. But I feel like also, <laughs> for you, there wasn't a lot of this other... Like, you could have benefited from a lot of these things, right? Like, having an activity where you had a social network and had people that you could kind of gel with. Yeah, instead I had student government. <laughs> yeah, which was... Just made you want to drink more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what is the state of the world? Yeah. Our final confession comes from a former grad reflecting on some good advice they were given in their masters and how it shaped the rest of their life. They write, When you first start grad school, it may suddenly feel like you have all the time in the world. You go from a full course load in undergrad to maybe one actual class and a seminar you have to attend as a master's student. Eventually, your research will pick up, but especially at the beginning, it can feel like you have quote-unquote nothing to do. Now, obviously don't procrastinate, but I have to say, for me, this was very difficult to adjust to. I mean, I'm trying to get a master's now, so this should be really hard, and here I am wondering what I should do at one in the afternoon. One of my supervisors told me that this was my chance to open as many doors as I possibly can. And so, what I started doing was activities that interested me. I joined the student council on campus, a few on-campus clubs, and even volunteered to join student committees with national organizations. Suddenly, my agenda was packed, but packed with meaningful things to do. I was part of groups that were really trying to do something, and I was passionate about those things. I made some of my lifelong friends through extracurricular involvements in graduate studies, cultivated research collaborations, networked more efficiently, and gained skills that I would not have learned just in the lab. For example, as a kin student, I never thought I would be helping to inform university policies on violence prevention or organizing conferences for women and mentorship. But I was truly devoted and passionate to those areas as well. And no, it wasn't part of my thesis, but it made my graduate experience what it was. Diverse, exciting, and even more challenging. All of this to say, Fill that free time with things that you're passionate about. And I want to emphasize things you're passionate about, because only then will you be able to give and gain the most you can. Dang, this person did literally everything, eh? The student experience has been solved by this person and yeah. this person alone. <laughs> More efficient than any other faculty-run committee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a good point, though. There's, We alluded to this before, but there's a ton of practical skills that you can get out of doing these extracurriculars that you're not going to just purely get in the lab. Like I would say most of my science communication skills mm -hmm. have come from doing these presentations that were not part of my degree. Like they weren't these conference presentations necessarily, but we're yeah. just like, I remember I did this one um, set of presentations called retiring with strong minds where we go to retirement homes and we present our research yeah. in like a really palpable way to the, yeah. you know, some of the residents and they really liked it. And it makes you feel good about it, too, where they're, like, asking you these questions about, like, oh, how much sitting is too much? And you're like, you can sit as much as you want. <laughs> like, you're okay. Just move around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, it. I just would recommend, I think you find out so much about yourself, too. Yeah. I mean, I also, and this may be a hot take, um, totally a hot take. Mm -hmm. I hate this term as an extracurricular because it's just, like, basically oh, what activities are outside of my degree but I can still put on my CV? Mm -hmm. And I want to caution against that because sometimes the point of doing things is not to build collaboration or 
you know, expand your network. It's just to do things. Mm -hmm. During my master's and doing my doctorate for the longest time, I was really into lifting and I was really into getting stronger. And, you know, did I, did I meet more people I could do research with? Like, probably not. But I got so swole. Like, so swole. <laughs> I was so strong. Or like, I love reading philosophy of science things. And I'm not in a philosophy mm-hmm. line of research. But I think it, it helps me understand my research. And it helps me understand why research is done in a specific way better. Mm-hmm. And so my bookshelf has a bunch of like philosophy of science books. And my supervisor is like, why do you read this? This is outside of your field. Mm-hmm. Like... Because it's interesting. Yeah, like I can just have interests outside of my yeah, field. Like, like yeah. not everything has to have mm. this like measurable, tangible outcome. But I think what's important and that this person brings up too is that it has to be something you're passionate about. And I think yeah. you're bringing this up as well, right? These ideas of you do things kind of that you're passionate about because you're intrinsically motivated to do so. Like you, yeah. you get up wanting to do it. And when you make change through those avenues, either for yourself like you did, or, mm-hmm. you know, through helping, you know, create change, larger change, it feels good. And that is something that you can't yeah. get necessarily just through a class or just through doing a study. Yeah, 100%. I mean, but like, don't limit yourself to doing things. Yeah, exactly. Of like, how can I frame this better on my resume or CV? Sometimes mm-hmm. if your thing is baking, like, and you don't want to turn it into a side hustle, mm-hmm. then just bake. Yeah. I will say this, getting involved early is really important because it just allows the room and the ideas that you might have about why you want to do this thing to grow. Like for, I'll give you an example. When I started with uh, exercises medicine, this like Mm -hmm. group on campus, right? I was mostly just like making posters. Aren't you still just mainly making posters? Yes, I am still just mainly making posters, but by being involved with the club for as long as I have, I've kind of been able to see like this evolution of like what we're doing on campus and like the people that I've met and what they're doing and, you know, being involved now, like the national council and having my posters. Yes, I'm still just making posters, but the posters put out there and like have a bit of a wider reach now. It feels kind of cool to to see that happen. Right. And now it's improved my poster making skills. I was going to say your posters are so good. (laughs) They're all right. They're pretty decent. Mm. Not to toot my own horn. But yeah, they're pretty good. Pretty good. I guess in sum, work-life balance happens when you find things you're passionate about outside of grad school. There's way more stuff to experience and people to meet outside the confines of the office. You've been listening to Grad School Confessional. I'm Dr. Yoa Special thanks again to my co-host, Anna. Anna, I guess the moral of the story here is... Finding what you like can take time. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. But rash decisions are bad decisions. Everything about this makes me profoundly unhappy. Welcome to graduate school. Na 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 na. Stop. We can't use that. It's copyright. Na na na. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes so that others can benefit from our mediocre advice. Please also share us with your social network. And follow us on Twitter at GSConfessional. And if you have a confession you'd like to make, please use the anonymous link in the description or email thegradschoolconfessional at gmail.com. We're waiting for your funny, interesting, or controversial confessions. Until next time, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Principal Investigator, Amen. I already said we can't use that.